Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America. Happy Wednesday. Very busy day today on the election integrity front and on the news front. We've got three great guests for you today that really, I think, are going to open your eyes. A lot of people have been watching the Davos Forum, the World Economic Forum, conservatives scoffing at the globalist liberals there. One of our guests is arguing, you know what? Conservatives should get off their duffs, get over to Davos, give the counter argument. Don't let one side of the political aisle have a complete monopoly on the conversation at such a high-profile event. That guest, former ambassador to United Nations Human Rights Commission, Ken Blackwell, is going to join us at the top of the show. He's also going to talk about the latest revelations on election integrity and a growing awareness among Republicans and conservatives that they need to get in the game on early voting. You can't just curse at the wind, that you must engage in the tactics that are currently lawful in the states where it is. You can change it when you win power, but not engaging now only puts Republicans at a disadvantage. A lot of people see the RNC election next week as a proxy over this issue with Harmeet Dillon saying that it's wrong of Ronald McDaniel to have ignored early voting, that there should be a greater effort on it. Ken is going to give us a great update on that. Remember, he was the former Secretary of State, one of the most important election states in the country, one of the big bellwether battlegrounds of Ohio. So we'll start there. In the middle segment, we'll give you an amazing story about an American hero, a man who helped rescue 17,000 Americans and Afghan allies left behind when Joe Biden pulled out abruptly from Afghanistan. Chad Robodeau, he's got an incredible story to tell. And he has a brand new book out, Saving Aziz. This was his interpreter when he was a Special Forces Marine. He went in and did what the United States government failed to do, which is to go get our heroes left behind in Afghanistan and bring them home. And Chad Robodeau is going to give us a firsthand account of that, why he wrote the book, what his relationship with Aziz is. That's a really powerful story. And... What needs to be done in Ukraine? There are Americans willfully choosing to fight in Ukraine on behalf of our ally against Russian aggression. State Department and the U.S. don't have a plan for them. Chad's going to bring us up to speed on that as well. And then we'll finish up with an important story we had on Just the News this morning. My great colleague, Natalia Middlestadt, is going to join us. There is new whistleblower allegations in Central Florida. That's the place where a candidate and a senior elections official in Orange County around Orlando, right in Central Florida, one of the most important voting regions of the state, has been raising real concerns about the integrity of elections here. Natalia Middlestadt had a scoop on that with a new whistleblower complaint by the former IT director of Orange County Elections. We're going to get the full skinny on that. That's an important development and one of the issues that 
we cover carefully here at Just the News regularly. So three great guests back to back to back right after this commercial break. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hey folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews. And extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Our first guest today, well, he doesn't need much of an introduction. He has done just about all you can imagine you could do in government. Former Secretary of State of Ohio, former ambassador to the United Nations Human Rights Commission, and one of the most sage voices when it comes to election integrity in this great country. He is Ken Backwell. Mr. Ambassador, great to have you on the show, sir. John, always, it's always good to be with you. I am an avid fan of your writing. I read you often, and it's because many times you have this unique, uncanny ability to take an idea that's floating around in the back of our heads and get it right to the frontal lobe. And you had a column in the Washington Times. I was thinking the same thing. It's such a brilliant point to make. There's the Davos World Economic Forum going on right now. Obviously, all the globalists are there together. You wrote in the Washington Times, you know what? Conservatives should go there and show up, make their case, don't seed the discourse. How important is that advice? Well, I think it's I think it's very important. We should never see discourse with those with whom we 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 disagree. Uh, President Trump didn't. Uh, he was right there in Switzerland. Uh, the disruptor, this disruptor that he always has been with a stale status quo. Uh, he basically he he pushed back uh, with with what he knew was not the majority opinion. Uh, in that uh, August body. Uh, but one of the things that I've learned 
I'm three quarters of a century old. I've had the the ability to to actually study and learn from some of the folks who were uh, the architects of uh, the Britain Woods Agreement, uh, who were founders of the uh, United Nations. Look, uh, these are fora where we are often outnumbered uh, by those who are status in nature, uh, but we in fact have the power of our ideas and the force of our arguments, uh, and we should we should in fact take it to them. We we ought to be in their grill, uh, and and we will we will ultimately win. But just think about it, John. Uh, those minority voices. Uh, who basically had serious reservations about the the, the prudence of moving ahead with uh, the the uh, uh, Pfizer and Moderna uh, vaccines. Uh, they were ridiculed. They were they were uh, marginalized, but they stood their ground, uh, and they're being proven right. They they went right into the the, the monsters, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, then and 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 fought the same thing for the courageous twenty members of the house who in fact stepped into the well, uh, got ridiculed, uh, bombarded uh, in major media, uh, and uh, they prevailed. Uh, we in fact have to take it to the status and big government socialists uh, and 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 push back because we know the power and the and the force of our ideas. Yeah, that's the key thing, too, is that we need to get back to a place where the marketplace will support listening to all ideas. The evolution of the rescission of free speech, the suppression of free speech, it's so shocking when you read through some of these Twitter files or some of the documents that the Missouri and Louisiana attorney generals have made public where these federal bureaucrats don't even recognize that what they're doing is in direct contradiction to what our founding fathers wanted. They didn't want a big government that thought even for a second they could suppress speech. How do we begin to reverse that? Because it was at the heart of the thing you just talked about. A lot of what happened with the vaccines and COVID in general was there was one prevailing globalist view. And if you weren't on that, you got silenced. How do we get out of that rut that we have found ourselves in? Well, we, we, we have to, we have to fight. We have to fight back. Uh, look, <clears throat> One of the things that we 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 know is is that uh, we're in a in a classic struggle between uh, those who are uh, totalitarian and 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 authoritarian by nature, and those of us who understand what Aristotle understood, and that there is a dynamic tension between the organized muscularity power of the state. Uh, and individual liberty. The more muscular, the more intrusive the state, the, the, the greater the threat to individual liberty. Uh, in, the, in the final analysis, we must be on the side of individual liberty because, John, you and I say it all the time, we are not subjects. Uh, we are free citizens. That is, in fact, what our, our founding, the founding fathers of this nation fought for. They sacrificed their treasure and their lives uh, to make sure that we were citizens uh, and that the government was accountable uh, to, to, to us. And so we, we just can't give up. 
we have to we have to keep in the grill of those who are who are authoritarian, totalitarian, or big welfare state uh, enthusiasts by nature. That they only know when we fight back. And you know, I I I I, I talked to our our buddy uh, Steve Bedden about this before. Uh, I had a I had a fancy of being a Golden Gloves boxer. A fifth ball, I got hit so hard in the nose that I went home and told my dad I was going to uh, switch uh, uh, tracks and I was going to become a scholar. Uh, <laughs> and stayed away from boxing arenas until I was uh, a freshman in college when Father E.J. O'Connor took me and a Jewish friend of mine to, to uh, the Cincinnati Gardens. We watched the fight. Let me tell you what happened. 11 fight, a boy came out from the west side of town, made the sign of the cross. My Jewish friend, Benji, said, Father, what's the significance of that? Father says, son, come to class and I'll tell you. But right now, it ain't enough if he can't fight. And I will just tell you, <laughs> I will just tell you, you know, we can't just go through the motions. We must put push back. We must go in the center ring, whether it's in Switzerland or Chattanooga, Tennessee, of, or, or Clarksdale, Mississippi, or New York City. We, in fact, must engage. God has invested in us a human agency, and we must put it in motion. Yeah, such good advice. And I know people get demoralized sometimes, but the time to be silent, to disengage is not now. We need to be out there fighting for the essence of America. That's what I hear from so many great people like you. Ken, you are one of the most important voices when it comes to election integrity. And you said something on the latest Public Interest Legal Foundation podcast that caught my attention, which is mail-in voting should not be used to destroy the way that we have voted and to tear down the integrity of the system. Talk a little bit about what you meant by that and what's the way forward when there's many states that are going to do it, right? We're going to have early voting. What's the best way to balance this so that we get back to an election system we trust? Easy to vote, hard to cheat. Right. We, we know that our preferred way of keeping the, the integrity of our voting system intact is uh, same-day uh, voting, uh, in, voting in person. But the reality is one of the benefits of our system is that it's decentralized. One of the challenges of our system is that it is decentralized, and that means some states will use mail, vote by mail. Well, that means that we have to make sure that that system is as tight as it could possibly be, uh, and we have to start with the truth. John, if you look at the annual reports of the U.S. Postal Service, they tell you that they, in fact, lose 3% of their mail a year. Uh, and, and so, one, we have to set up our calendars and our policies and practices in such a way that we, we, we try to minimize the use of vote by mail. Uh, but when you have to use it, you use a calendar and you use verification systems, uh, signatures, last four numbers of the, uh, of the Social Security to validate, to make sure that the person who is casting the ballot uh, is is the person who should be casting the ballot. And so we, in fact, look, what I've told people, in those states where vote by mail is, is the deal, the only way that we're going to change it and, and strengthen the system is to use the system when a majority in the state legislature and then strengthen the system. We can't tie one hand behind our back and expect that we will get policy change. It won't change if, in fact, you elect a majority of people 
who buy into this insane, insane approach of, uh, of, of, of voting. Yeah, Ronald Reagan used to say, I'm a principal guy, but I won't unilaterally disarm. And so, and it seems as though there's a growing number of Republicans realizing that that's the right strategy. If it's legal, use it. And then when you get in power, make it better. Leon Benjamin, he's a Republican nominee for the special election in Virginia 04 House District. He said, I voted early and I'm getting my voters out early because that's the rule of the land right now until it changes. I'm going to do that. You see in the RNC race, this is becoming a very big issue. As Harmeet Dillon says, listen, we got to get modern in the states where it's legal. We're going to do it. It seems like we're at a turning point in the Republican mindset, which is, yeah, we still prefer to vote day out, but until we can't in those states, we're going to engage in the current system. Is that the right approach? That's the right approach, I, 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 I tell you. Uh, and, and look, I think we, we have uh, e- elections make a difference. Uh, one of the things that we, 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 we accomplished in 2022, you remember in 2020, there were a lot of polls in precincts that were, uh, you know, that, that didn't, weren't, weren't, uh, where we didn't deploy people. Uh, this time in 2022, that was not a problem. The problems were, were elsewhere, but in terms of coverage at the polls, we elected people. I mean, we, we, we recruited folks to engage uh, in this election as poll workers and poll observers, and, and they did it. And we, we won it at the precinct level. And those people who were early on advocates for the precinct project don't get enough credit. Uh, and, 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 but, but, but there was a coalition effort to, 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 to make sure that we had eyeballs on the process. We utilized that old theory that if you're not in the room, you're not in the game. And, and so that part of the process was covered. We now know that there are other reforms that we must continue to put in place. Uh, but the reality is we now have the House of Repres- U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, we, we were blessed, not with a red wave, but with a margin that, in fact, empowered some principal conservatives who didn't buckle, who didn't, who didn't get weak in the knees. And, in fact, we now have a Republican majority with rules, regulations, and an agenda to do the right thing and put us on a path of making America prosperous uh, and the true leader of the free world that where God has assigned us. Although Republicans were ultimately a little disappointed with the overall outcome, the Republican preference in the national vote was the first time we've seen in a very long time. Republicans got more votes than Democrats in the national vote. That is a real sign of maybe a bigger shift ahead if some of these election issues can be harnessed in a more constructive way. Last question for you, Ken. Kerry Lake is fighting an important lawsuit in Arizona. I think it's a lot less about who's going to be declared the winner, because obviously the governor's already been seated there, and much more about ensuring that a decade of problems in this state, particularly in Maricopa County, finally get cleaned up. How important is it that she prevail? Oh, it is very important. Let me just end on this note. In John 3, we're told those who will do evil love the darkness. And in in various other parts of the Bible, we're told to put our light on a candlestick, not to hide it under a bushel. Carrie and those fighters in, in, in Arizona are lamp lighters. They, in fact, are punching holes in the darkness in Arizona. And in fact, we will be a stronger nation. They will be a stronger Arizona. 
for the willingness to fight and to sacrifice uh, treasure uh, and, 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 and reputation. Yeah, we're going to learn a lot. That antiseptic of light has a funny way of making things better in the long term. It's painful sometimes in the short term, but long term, that antiseptic is always proven. But a pin, uh, a, a, a pinhole in, in a room of darkness uh, can conquer that darkness. Yeah, it's so true. So very true. Mr. Ambassador, it is always an honor to have you on this show. You always speak truth to power. You always sound, I always see when I'm, you're talking, I can see the heads collectively moving in the podcast. So I say agreeing, nodding yes. That wisdom is something we so dearly treasure. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, John. God bless, brother. God bless you as well, sir. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook a, a vegetable dinners and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money-back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order, plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick house nutrition and of course field of greens all you got to do to take advantage of this offer visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code just news that's promo code just news at fieldofgreens.com don't wait go to fieldofgreens.com today use the promo code just news for 15 percent off 
All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. We've talked often on this show about the importance of rescuing all of those amazing Afghan allies that we had helping our military for 20 years that Joe Biden left behind with the chaotic and completely bungled withdrawal from Afghanistan a year and a half ago. My next guest, well, he put word into action. He's a former Force Recon Marine, MMA fighter, runs a great organization called Save Our Allies, and he has a brand new book out. You must read this book. If you care about what went on in Afghanistan, this is a must read, Saving Aziz. Joining us right now, Chad Robichaud. Chad, great to have you on the show. Thanks so so much for having me on. This is a powerful story about what happened at the 2021 Kabul airlift. Tell us a little bit about the inspiration for this book and what the bigger story is for the American public to take away. Well, I mean, the, the book is, is really about uh, my uh, friendship with Aziz, who was my interpreter for uh, for eight deployments to Afghanistan. I was part of Special Operations Command Task Force. Uh, I worked independently in what's called a singleton operation to uh, go out ahead of my unit and build the clandestine infrastructure for for us to put our soldiers on target to capture kill bad guys. And uh, Aziz was my interpreter, and for continuity purposes, he was my interpreter for all eight of those deployments. And we spent much time uh, alone together in those mountains of Afghanistan and Pakistan and, and, uh, you know, hundreds of missions. And, uh, he, he, uh, saved my life multiple times, uh, probably saved my life every day, uh, through his actions. And, and we were, became very close when we were not operating. I didn't go back to base and he went home. Uh, I went to his home and, uh, my first warm meal out of those mountains were cooked by his wife, Hatra. And I was there when his son, Mashud and Mashuda, his older daughter, his son and daughter were born and held them as babies. And, you know, these, these are my friends. And, uh, and so when President Biden announced the withdrawal from Afghanistan, you know, a couple of things. One is I, I knew that with the full withdrawal was a, a catastrophic mistake, not just for the United States and national security, but for the world and for the people of Afghanistan. And, uh, and, and secondly, I knew my friend was in danger and needed to get him. And I think it's important. I think it's important for the American people to know that there, there was, there were, we have been told a lie that by the, by the White House and by the mainstream media that, we were in a near war and that we had to evacuate Afghanistan. We had to bring our troops out uh, to keep America's uh, sons and daughters from being killed. That was a lie to manipulate the, the American public to support the withdrawal of Afghanistan. We, this was uh, not true, and it was inconsistent with historical strategies uh, the United States has had post-war. So the, to clarify that, in 2018, the U.S. military stopped uh, engaging in conventional kinetic warfare with the Taliban it shifted to support an Abajur role to the Afghan National Army and Afghan National Police. In fact, the entire international community was partnered on this, and it was working. We had 2,500 to 4,000 troops participating in this, which is equal to contingents we have all over the world. But we are, meanwhile, maintaining the most strategic place on the globe, which is the Bagram Air Force Base, between Iraq, Iran, Russia, and China. And and, and we we have never historically just abandoned a place like that. The only other thing close was when President Obama did it at outside air base in Iraq, and that was an equal catastrophe. Not as great, but but an equal catastrophe. And uh, and if you look historically at places like uh, Germany and and, uh, and Japan, we have 80,000 troops in Japan and 20,000 in Germany. I mean, 40,000 in Germany since World War II. We have 35,000 troops still in South Korea since the Korean War. Uh, this is how we, we maintain these strategic strongholds and keep the world a safer place and prevent future wars. So this strategy is working, but the, the White House chose to negotiate with the Taliban, not our NATO partners, not any of our allies, not the Afghan government that we put in place. They chose to negotiate with the Taliban and turned over that base to our enemies. And when I say our enemies, 
mean the Taliban. I mean China, Iran, uh, Russia, uh, the Pakistan ISI. We turned it over, and it cost American lives. It abandoned American citizens still in Afghanistan and left uh, 75,000 plus their families of our allies stranded in Afghanistan still to this day. It's amazing. And your book has been endorsed by so many remarkable people, whether it's Glenn Beck, Chris Miller, the former Secretary of Defense, former Navy SEAL Jack Carr. This is a powerful book. One of the things that you get a sense of is that this was a slow motion wreck that happened, that all of these things were conceivable and preventable. It was just a a desire or failure by the Biden administration to do anything that would be responsible to all those who stood by us often for two decades, uh, like Aziz. The mindset, what is wrong with the mindset of the Pentagon not to have a plan for this and for the political leaders not to appreciate the long-term consequence? Because if we leave someone behind in Afghanistan, the next time we go into battle, someone's going to say, oh, I saw what you did with the guys in Afghanistan. I'm not helping you. This has a long tail of consequence to American military. Why would anyone trust us in future wars? I mean, we, we uh, and then our, our allies and, and, and uh, we, you know, we, we left them for dead without even any kind of transition plan. It's, it's horrific. It, it, I, but, you know, uh, I don't believe this was a mistake. Uh, you know, mistakes are pretty, you know, pretty clear when things people make mishaps. But this was the uh, uh, advised against uh, by the Joint Chiefs, by our Intelligence Committee leaders. All of them advised the president not to do this, and he chose to go against their wishes and did this anyway. And he did it hastily, and 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 w- w- without a clear plan. In fact, it was so bad that they they evac they closed Bagram Air Force Base. Which would have been again, I don't agree with the, the withdrawal. But if they would have worked on withdrawal, you don't close the military base, which is an airfield, which would have been the best airfield to do evacuations from. They closed the air base. They they moved our military off. They left the eighty five billion dollars in equipment there. They and they and they moved all the military out before civilians, before our allies, before moving our equipment out. They did all of it completely backwards. And then the White House gave the NEO operation, which is a non-combatant evacuation operation, away from the Department of Defense and gave it to the State Department, who has no idea how to do that. Instead of, instead of giving terms to the Taliban, they gave a date. They said, we will be going by this, by this date, which is a huge mistake because uh, now the Taliban just has to be patient and hold out. Instead, they should have said, we will leave when we get all of our American citizens out, all of our allies out everyone that we want out, including our equipment, then we will leave. And if you get in the way and slow us down, we're not going. And, uh, and that would have been the way, the, uh, you know, a competent commander in chief would have done things. But uh, again, I don't believe this was incompetence. I don't believe this was a, a mistake. I believe this was very deliberate. And uh, unfortunately, there was people who benefited from this. It wasn't the Afghan people. It wasn't America or the West uh, and the free world. It was been, it was China, Iran, Pakistan, ISI, those are our enemies, and those are the people who benefited from this. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. As we step into this, one of the things that we saw was the private community, like yourself and so many others, stepping in to fill the void that the U.S. military, United States government, President Biden left there. Is this a model going forward? Will there be a permanent infrastructure to try to rescue people we leave behind in war zones because of the lesson we learned from this president? Well, I'm on, I'm on the phone right now, uh, as you called, uh, rescuing a, a Navy SEAL who was, in, who was catastrophically injured right now in, in Ukraine. And, uh, I mean, and uh, you know, our government's not allowed to go into Ukraine to help him. And we're civilians or moving him out. I have one of my team members doing that as we speak. We've, I've been in Ukraine 10 times in the last since February doing doing what, you know, our government should be doing for American citizens that are there. 
Uh, yeah, but but you know, look at what happened in Afghanistan. I, I had to go. I had to act. I had to go get my friend. We put together a small team, uh, uh, a former special operations guys to go get my friend Aziz because I owed him my life uh, to get his wife and his six kids out. And uh, and then that ultimately evolved into a, an effort to we rescued seventeen thousand people. And um, and you know, I, I think what we learned from this is that you know when our government fails and the governments of the world fail, including our own despite that good people will stand up and do the right thing. And I was very privileged to witness so many amazing people uh, that I was able to lock arms with in this effort to ultimately save 17,000 people. And then uh, went to, you know, we did at the end of our, we did the airport evacuations and then did a secondary evacuation through a coalition effort. And then ultimately uh, we ended that with myself and the staff sergeant Dennis Price going into Tajikistan and uh, and crossing over the Panjshir River and swimming across the Panjshir River in Afghanistan and building routes out for the thousands trapped in the Panjshir Valley. And uh, you know this this is something that we're proud of and we're thankful that we've gotten the the, uh, the you know gotten gratitude for it. But the truth is, we should never ever have had to do this operation. This is the response of the United States government to do, uh, especially when you're talking about Americans left behind. And when we, when we chose to stay after the military left, uh, there was this debate that whether there's 100 Americans there, as the White House was saying, or, or thousands. And to me, it's not debatable because I can tell you for certain gee, that there were thousands of Americans still there. But the truth is, it doesn't matter if there was 100 or 1,000. One American never, ever be left behind by the United States government in a, in a place like Afghanistan. Uh, it is a problem American people should feel. Uh, for the security and that the government would do the right thing. And uh, and where I come from, the special operations community, if you're an American and you're stuck in harm's way, we will literally scorch the earth to go get you. And uh, to think that our White House uh, intentionally abandoned not only our allies and, and the 75,000 allies that, that we left behind, but American citizens, blue passport holders like me and you, uh, we left behind to the brutal Taliban, Taliban, and that's not that's not okay. Amazing, amazing that we have amazing people like you to step into that void. You didn't give yourself the credit you deserve. You're an American hero, and Save Our Allies is an, an amazing institution. Before we leave, I want to ask how we support that, but before we do, one last question. You tickled my ear on something. Do we have American citizens in danger in Ukraine that our government isn't paying attention to? In Afghanistan, the the White House, I, I want to answer this in this way. In Afghanistan, the White House was saying there was Americans that were choosing to stay there uh, and not wanting evacuation. That was not true. Americans in Afghanistan were, were scared to go to the airport because we gave the outer perimeter control to the Taliban. So any American that wanted to go in the airport had to go through a Taliban checkpoint. They were witnessing Taliban taking blue passports, beating people, cutting people's arms off, shooting people in the street. Any American would have reasonably been terrified to even attempt to give their blue passport to the Taliban. So that was not true when Secretary Blinken said that and the president said that. That was not true, that Americans couldn't leave. The Americans that are in Ukraine right now uh, are there because they choose to be. Uh, and so it is a different situation. However, when, when an American is, is there on a humanitarian effort trying to do a good thing, there is a, a, a certain responsibility to, that they that they carry themselves, but there's also a responsibility of the American government to participate and do the right thing and not put red tape on themselves to say we can't do anything, we can't even cross that border. Yeah, that is a very important obligation we have to remind the American public about that our government, once again, is not fulfilling. You have inspired so many people to get involved in this. How do people, if they're inspired by what you've done, how do they get involved with Save Our Allies? 
Uh, Save Our Allies, is, they have a website, and they're still doing things around the world. Uh, SaveOurAllies.org is their website. My website for my foundation, of course, I was one of the founders of Save Our Allies, but my foundation and where I primarily work and do my international efforts is, is Mighty Oaks Foundation. We do it with veterans-based. Yeah, Mighty Oaks is we do active duty veterans, first responders, spouses programs here in the United States, and then we do our allies around the world. That's who we're working with in Ukraine right now. Mighty Oaks Foundation. Get the book, Saving Save, Saving Aziz. You can go to SavingAziz.org or anywhere books are purchased. And the reason I want to want to make sure people understand why I want people to get the book. The book spent five months in the Pentagon. It's heavily redacted, but the things that are left in that book we know are true. And since those things are true, if any of those things uh, in the way that the White House or our government handled the withdrawal, then you need to take those things uh, as fact and call your congressman and senator and, and tell them that you're not okay with this because the Senate uh, investigations uh, and um, congressional investigations will be open when the withdrawal of Afghanistan and that your representatives need to hear from the people uh, that this was not okay. We can't do this again. Really important opportunity for transparency, which we were denied all last year on Afghanistan. Very important moment. Chad, what an honor to talk to you. Congratulations on all you've achieved on behalf of your country. And we wish you well. This book, folks, is a must read. Saving Aziz. Go get it today. You will not be disappointed. Once you get it, you won't be able to put it down. It's an amazing, riveting story. It's well written. And it's written based on the facts of what happened, not what you were told in the news media at the time. Chad, a great honor to have you. And thank you so much, my friend. And be safe. Anytime, John. God bless, man. Thanks. You as well. Thank you. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to Amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's Amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. I've been doing this more and more because there's been so much breaking news on Just the News. Hardly a day goes by without some pretty big revelations on a lot of the issues that you care about, whether it's election integrity, the classified document scandal involving President Biden, uh, the, all of the ongoing investigations that Congress is finally getting to a couple of years late. And I thought we'd do a quick update because Natalia Middlestat, my extraordinary colleague at Justin News, had a very important story about Florida. Now, Florida's a state's got good election laws, it's got a good election police force. And even with all of those things, we're learning a lot about Central Florida, Orange County, Orlando, one of the biggest voting blocks in the state. And Natalia has been on this from the moment these whistleblowers came forward, and she had a big update this morning. So let's bring in Natalia Middlestat from Justin News. Natalia, great to have you on the show. Hey, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Another great story today. You have really been on top of this in Florida, which, by the way, is a state with good laws. But even there, there's some real concerns about a disenfranchisement, harvesting of ballots. Tell us what the new allegations from the whistleblower revealed to us today. Sure. So um, a whistleblower from the Orange County Supervi Supervisor of Elections, Brian Freed, who 
um, was fired in October from his position as the information systems director. And that was over um, his call for firing another uh, official at the office who was uh, allegedly basically keeping private employee information and um, also had unredacted voter data that was being exfiltrated. So um, Ryan filed an affidavit recently with the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, and this is regarding um, basically the unsecure and unsupervised creation, printing, management, and storing of live ballots at the Orange County Elections Office. Basically, he was saying that um, from the creation of ballots to the managing of them to the tabulation to sending them out, there's not really uh, much, if any, security uh, overseeing those ballots. So that's a significant issue that he was pointing out. Remind everyone what Ryan's job was in there. He isn't just any official, right? He had pretty strong visibility into the entire electronics back end of the Orange County voting system, correct? Right, yes. He was the information systems director there. Yeah. So they're top tech guys, essentially, making these allegations and having the wherewithal, the visibility to actually see what was going on. Let's walk through because there's really been three tranches of whistleblower allegations. The first came from a candidate, a Democrat candidate who had lost the Orange County election in the primary last year. Remind everyone what she told us that started us down this path. Yeah. So uh, you're referring to um, Cynthia Harris. And she had uh, been running in uh, as commissioner in um, the area of Orange County. And basically, she was saying that uh, she witnessed ballot harvesting occurring in um, in Orange County. And that was what she had filed an affidavit about, um, saying that somebody had come to her house um, for ballot harvesting and um, that she... Uh, learned that people were being paid in order to harvest ballots um, in the area. And she was an eyewitness. She actually saw it happen to herself, right? Someone came to harvest her ballot once, right? Yep, yep, she did. Pretty remarkable. And then we got to the second round of allegations from this IT chief. Remind us before what he revealed to you yesterday, what else was going on? Yeah, so um, before he had mentioned that um, another official in the Orange County Supervisor of Elections Office had basically let unredacted voter data go out to like 200 temp workers um, for the electronic poll pads, and that include protector voted data, protected protected voter data, um, which is supposed to be redacted. Um, and so that was the uh, original affidavit he had filed, and then this one was a follow up to that, with basically um, saying how voter fraud could occur um, even beyond that with. Um, not only that unredacted data not being stored properly, but um, in addition to that, the uh, ballots and the ballot materials not being properly um, secured or um, any oversight over them so that um, people could create fake or create ballots and um, basically alter possibly, you know, elections with them. A lot of red flags in that information. The Orange County Elections Office, what are they saying? We've got three different whistleblower complaints now. What are they saying? Uh, we always reach out for fair comment. What's the latest from them? Yeah, so um, the latest is that they have not gotten back to us after uh, several days. Um, so they did respond to the Cynthia Harris one saying that uh, they weren't aware of any ballot harvesting. And um, with regard to... Um, this, the previous affidavit that 
Lion had vowed they said that they took cybersecurity allegations seriously um, and that there had been no data security breach. And so um, that was where they last left it. That was what they said. And Florida state government, Ron DeSantis, had created the Election Crimes Unit, brand new police force there. They're looking into all of this? Uh, yes, they are. So uh, Brian Freed and also Cynthia Harris had filed their affidavits with the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. And so they are reviewing those um, and have spoken with both um, Brian and Cynthia, I believe, um, regarding their affidavits and are looking into um, all these allegations. Wow. Pretty important stuff. Well, we're so grateful, um, Natalia. You do such a great job covering election integrity issues all across this country, from Georgia to Florida and Michigan and Wisconsin, all the way down to Texas. You've been on top. And of course, Arizona, where you've done some great work, particularly in Maricopa County. We're so grateful for the updates. And we're going to keep a close eye on this case in Florida. It's definitely captured the public fascination, but great to have you on the show today. Thanks for me on. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Report. So grateful you can join us. A really fantastic show today. A big thank you to Ken and to Chad and to Natalia for bringing us up to speed on three very different but very important issues. Keep an eye on justthenews.com. A lot of breaking news going on there today, including the fact that President Trump has asked Facebook to restore him like Twitter as the 2024 election comes up. That's an important development. You can get the latest on that at justthenews.com. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our great guest. God bless you. We'll be back tomorrow with another show. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.